And belly on up to the nine-foot homemade oak bar. My name is Craig Toth, your host of Minor League News and Brews, talking about everything around the Pirates minor league system and giving you some beer reviews at the end of the show. This week, leading into the 2024 international signing period, uh, the previous period closed on December 15th, 2023. I did a show uh, right prior to the holidays uh, talking about some last minute signings that the Pirates had made with their international bonus pool space. Uh, This show, we're going to be talking about some players that the Pirates have been linked to uh, leading into the period that begins January 15th, 2024. Um, If you're listening to this on the day that it comes out, we'll be in about nine days from now. But before I get into that, there was some strange news (laughs) breaking news that came out when you thought we would be hearing about other players that would we would be signing um, in 2024. A video was put out by Hector Gomez. He is a guy who is very tied into the international market, obviously, put out that the Pirates were expected to sign Wilton Guerrero Jr., a shortstop, cousin of Vladdy Jr., nephew of Vladdy Sr., son of Wilton, who was the brother of Vladdy Sr. But the big thing here was is there was like a decent amount of confusion. Uh, even, you know, Dan Zangrilli, you know, hopped on and said, you know, signed or signing. And the kid's 14 years old. And that's where these international signings have always been a little bit strange to me. Um, right after that, people started sharing, you know, videos of, of Wilton Jr. When he was 12 years old, you know, doing sprints, you, you know, you see him hitting at 14 years old and and it's strange to me because I mean my middle child my oldest son is 12 years old he plays you know little league baseball the youngest is seven he plays in the coach pitch but it's almost like when I feel a little bit strange when you see a I guess it would be a middle school quarterback who's like in eighth grade, who's given a a verbal commitment, you know, to one of the major colleges to go play football there. Not that it's, it's wrong in, in any way, but I mean, these kids and they are kids, even the players that the pirates will be signing, you know, have signed in previous years they're kids. I mean, I have a, I have a 16 year old daughter and that's the age that a player must be to officially sign, you know, to get that signing bonus. And as I get older, it definitely just kind of plays into the somewhat of what are we doing here? 
do know that, you know, a lot of these players are identified just like Wilton was um, at the age of 12, asked to come to these academies. You'll start to see them wearing the hats and the jerseys and the apparel of the club that is more than likely going to sign them. We know that even when a player is signed, for the most part, you may not see them stateside uh, for a couple years, unless it's maybe you know an older signing. And when I'm talking about older signing, most of the times those are 18, 19 year old, you know, still kids. But for the most part, I mean, even one of my favorite minor league players, uh, Axial Plaz, catcher. Uh, was in the Florida Complex League this year at 17 years old. And even makes me, you know, strange to say, like, you know, one of my favorite prospects, and he's a a 17-year-old kid. And like I said, a lot of that may just have to do with my age, you know, being 44 years old. But I see, like, a possible, you know, exploitation of these kids. But also... I mean, it's good for them in in another way just because, I mean, where else would you have the opportunity to have these signing bonuses promised to you that, I mean, there's no way that you could make that amount of money anywhere else. But do want to talk a little bit about Wilton. But before I do that, and saying he's the son of Wilton, you know, Guerrero, that is, you know, Vladdy Sr.'s brother. And even though it is a Guerrero and we've seen, you know, the success, especially for somebody my age, you know, of Vladdy Sr., you know, how well he was able to perform. 59.5 B war, 54.5 F war for his career, just over 9,000 plate appearances, slashed 318, 379, 553, with 449 career home runs. And then the hype, you know, leading up to. Uh, Vladdy Jr. making his debut, seeing him in all the home run derbies. Uh, So far, he is just under 2,900 plate appearances, has accumulated 15.2 B war, 10.1 F war, slash line of his career. He did have a little bit of a down year last year, uh, but for his career, slashing 279, 355, 490 with 130 home runs. You would probably think that the uncle in this situation, the brother in this situation, would almost be guaranteed to have a good or great MLB career. Uh, For those that follow baseball, Some of you may not even know that Vladdy Sr. had a brother. Uh, He had 1,797 plate appearances split across like four or five teams in the majors, accumulated a negative 1.8 B war, a negative 2.3 F war for his career, slash 282, 
308, 369 with 11 home runs. Basically saying that, I mean, even if this child is coming from the gene pool of a, a famous, a great baseball family, um, there really isn't a guarantee for this. Don't know how, you know, at this age, I mean, even at the 16-year-olds, you know, how they're going to grow into their frame. You know, they don't all come in looking like grown men, like a, like a Tony Blanco Jr. at like six foot five, 230 pounds. I mean, a lot of the times these are really you know, kind of just kids. Uh, saw something taped uh, onto this, a little bit tacked on top of it. Not sure how much credence there is to this, but I will say um, that this young man was wearing, you know, some pirates apparel, but not sure if he got it from his older brother, Yordani De Los Santos, who is an 18-year-old prospect within the pirate system, the number 16 prospect, according to MLB Pipeline, who was given a $1.2 million signing bonus in 2022, currently sits in low A Bradenton, tore up the Florida Complex League, got a cup of coffee in Bradenton, saw himself slip back a little bit. But his younger brother, Johan De Los Santos, I. Uh, also kind of linked uh, to the Pirates at this point in time. Crazy part is both of these young men, these children, are linked to the Pirates to sign not in 2024, not in 2025, but in 2026. Now, on to who the Pirates are favored to sign in just a couple weeks here. A lot of the times, these ones that we know about beforehand, I mean, they've pretty much got everything set up for them to come, you know, sit with their, their agent, sit with their mentors, sit with their family members, the scouts from the Pirates, Put on the Pirates hat and the Pirates jersey. The first player, this is one um, that has been known about for, I mean, a little bit of time here. It is 17-year-old Braylon Brazilon, and he is an outfielder from the Dominican Republic. He is the 38th ranked international prospect, according to MLB Pipeline. Um, I've seen where people have claimed that they've seen him as high as number three on some lists. I looked into this uh, when I read this, you know, a few months ago. And the only thing I could really find is that he was the number three ranked outfielder at a certain perfect game showcase. So I really haven't seen him ranked anywhere, you know, I mean, in the top 50 is great, but, you know, nowhere near, you know, the claims that are being made. Uh, and then to confuse things even more, Ben Badler from 
Baseball America did a a top 50 where he broke things down based on expected signing bonuses. And on that list, uh, Braylon would come in at the 12th highest signing bonus. So, I mean, if you read the article from Baseball America, Ben Badler, you will see that he puts like, you know, I made this list and this isn't their actual rankings. This is, you know, the bonus they are expected to sign for. But I know like how people's minds work. They'll just see number 12. They won't really, you know, look or read into the disclaimer at the top of the article and they'll say, oh, Braylon's the number 12. No, number 12, according to money, which, you know, kind of is a good thing that the Pirates you know, found the guy that they would want. Uh, he may have been shown some interest from other teams and that, you know, he is willing to sign with the Pirates and the Pirates more than likely are willing to cough up a little bit of extra money, you know, to make sure that he signs with them. But I just kind of wanted to go through the grades that, that Braylon was given, you know, by MLB pipeline. And a lot of times like these types of things, you, you'll see a lot of 50s and 55s, you know, which comes out to, you know, the average on the 20 to 80 scale. Um, just because, I mean, you don't really know what type of player that you're going to get here. Braylon has, uh, for his for his tools, he's a hit 55, a power 50, a run 50, arm 50, field 50, overall 50. You know, just basically showing that, you know, the hit tool they're looking is kind of there. Uh, I saw somewhere and I read somewhere is that he can he can kind of drive the ball a little bit, has, you know, advanced uh, approach at the plate, could see his power develop, you know, over that hit tool. Uh, just because he is listed uh, differently on different sites, on Baseball America, he's listed at 6'2", 180 pounds. MLB Pipeline, he's listed at 6'1", 180 pounds. But um, as you know, that's, you know, tall and lanky. You don't know exactly, you know, if he's going, how much he's going to grow into that frame. But, I mean, a, a good player, definitely within, you know, the top 50 prospects. We've seen the Pirates go a little bit higher within that. But in previous years, especially prior to Ben Charrington show up, I mean, there were times where the Pirates weren't linked to anybody, you know, within that top prospect list. So it's it's a good thing uh, to see them do that. Um, and then a player that we really hadn't seen mentioned, or at least I hadn't seen mentioned. And, I, you know, I try to stay you know, as, as tied into this as possible, uh, we see them also linked to and being a favorite to sign the number 50 prospect in the MLB pipeline, 16-year-old Abdil Falais. Uh, he is a shortstop out of the Dominican Republic. He is part of the uh, MLB's trainer partnership program. He's an academy down there, which one of the advisors is Bartolo Colon. Uh, but for him, uh, he is seen as signing at you know the 34th highest 
bonus by Ben Badler from, you know, Baseball America. For him, it's it's really kind of along the same types of thing as, as Braylon uh, Brazilon. For him, uh, for Abdiel Feliz, I mean, you're kind of seeing the hit be a 50, the power be a 50, the run be a 50, the arm a 50, field 50, overall 50. So, I mean, really... I mean, you don't know exactly, you know, what type of player, you know, Feliz is going to turn out to be. I mean, the one thing we do know as of right now, 16 years old, listed at six feet, even 160 pounds, do know, you know, that he is a switch hitter, uh, has solid bat to ball skills for his age. Uh, they see him as a little bit more of a, a slap hitter, you know, at this point in time in his life. But you know, going back to, you know, looking at, you know, Wilton Guerrero Jr., looking at your Donnie's, you know, younger brother, Johan, it's it's just very strange because there is so much that can change uh, for players when they are you know, growing and developing and skill sets can change and, you know, the weight can change. They can still keep on growing. I mean, O'Neill Cruz wasn't always, you know, the six foot seven unicorn that, that he was, that he is now. So, I mean, you just never know exactly what a player is going to grow into. Uh, at that point in time, their mechanics change, their approach change. And you're really, you know, betting on, you know, your scouts and that, you know, this is what has always been described as and what I described during the most episode, recent episode of Minor League News and Brews as an absolute lottery ticket. Before I get to the beer reviews, the one thing I can say about uh, the international you know, signing period is that it kind of evens the playing field. I mean, I feel like the draft does as well, you know, kind of due to, you know, the signing bonuses that are available. The draft, uh, the major league draft is, is not as, I guess, evening of the playing field because... You know, you don't ex exactly know where you're going to fall within the draft. But then also, I mean, it kind of is because you don't know exactly you know, how many players within the first round are going to turn out. You could have a first overall pick, a second overall pick, you know, not turning out to what scouts and the team thought they were going to be. And then you have somebody like Mike Trout, who's you know drafted in the late 20s, and he's turning out to be one of the best players, if not the best player of his generation. But with the international signing period that, going to remind you, once again starts on January 15th, a few short days from now, that the Pirates are in a signing bonus pool with the D-backs, the Guardians, the Orioles, the Rockies, and the Royals. They have a signing bonus pool of seven 
$114,800. That is the most. And you will see that go from, you know, that number down into, you know, around $5 million. So the Pirates have more money to play with. Ben Sherrington has shown the propensity to spend more money to go for some of the higher ranked prospects to give, you know, the larger signing bonuses. Whereas, you know, Neil Huntington, not that he didn't do it, but for the most part, kind of spread out those signing bonuses. And the other thing of note is that any signing bonus that is made for $10,000 or less does not count towards that $7.1 million signing bonus. So until this happens, uh, you know, actually takes place until the period actually opens. I mean, kind of look for those two guys to sign. You're going to see, you know, a bunch of different names. Uh, the person you know, that I would really follow pirates related uh, would be John Drecker. Uh, he's somebody who is very tied into uh, and tuned into what is going on. I mean, there's some guys out there like, you know, Carlos Colazzo from uh, Baseball America, Ben Badler. Um, they'll be tweeting out, uh, you know, a bunch of stuff just to see who signs with, you know, all the teams around Major League Baseball. But once again, guys, follow John Drecker um, to look to see who is signing for the Pittsburgh Pirates during this signing period and for how much. A pitcher of beer, a pitcher of beer, let's order another pitcher of beer. That pitcher of beer should come over here, I love that pitcher of beer. During the last episode of Minor League News and Brews, I said that there was a chance I didn't know, you know how many beers I was going to be able to sample prior to you know recording this episode and it's kind of the reason why in a way I I skipped the the last episode you know before the new year I think maybe only the second or third time that there hasn't been an episode of minor league news and brews out there but surprisingly enough thanks to some great friends and family who gifted me some delicious beers I was able to try uh, three new beers, then also uh, went out for a couple drinks with my brother-in-law when he was in, got down, uh, had some beers, grabbed some good food, uh, picked some food up for the ladies before we headed home, my wife and his wife, my sister-in-law, and so I had you know two more beers. So when I thought I didn't know if I was going to be able to get you know the usual four beers together. I was able to get five um, on Christmas Eve, uh, gifted the Mad Elf Grand CRU uh, from my neighbor, Joe, his wife, Patience. This is from Trogues. This one comes in. I mean, the Mad Elf itself, you know, is kind of a heavy one. This one coming in at 11%. It is a Belgian dark strong ale i mean just kind of comes out powerful 
not really my favorite type of beer. This one comes almost with like a champagne cork in it. You got to kind of twist it off and it was hard to get out. But, you know, for this type of beer, one that usually isn't, you know, my my cup of tea or the type of beer that I usually drink, I'll give this one a 350. Give it the opposite weighted, weighted based on batting average. Bring that up to 400. Also got some Breckenridge Christmas Ale as a gift. I This one uh, coming in at 7.1%. This is like a winter warmer, kind of akin to the, uh, the Great Lakes Christmas Ale, which is one of my favorites. Um, this one I give a 425, knock it down to 375. And once I, I said before, I'm more into the winter warmers. I'm not as much into the berry Christmas ale. So this is more of the winter warmer um, type thing. We'll have a little bit of a darker. We'll have some notes and hints, you know, of some different flavors. But for the mar- most part, it's it's an easier drinking beer for me. Uh, the final one is Goose Island Christmas IPA. Uh, my brother-in-law, the one that I spoke about going out to get drinks with, him and I both said that this one, I mean, for an IPA, it wasn't very hoppy. It felt a little bit more like a winter warmer with some slight hops. This one came in at 7.5%. Give this one a 400. Bring it down to 350. While we were out getting some drinks, the first beer that caught my eye is from a place that we actually did um, our live podcast on the day of the home opener actually did two podcasts that day uh we did that from allegheny city brewing they had this on tap where we were at drank the single tracked mind hazy ipas you guys have listened to this before you know how much i love my hazy ipas this one a 450 knock it down to 400 and the last beer that I had, I actually had two of these because it was a little bit lighter. Um, this one is from Industrial Arts Pocket Wrench. Uh, had their New England Pale Ale, not the Hazy Pale Ale, not the Hazy IPA, but the New England Pale Ale, 4.3%. Uh, Industrial Arts, I looked it up, it's it's somewhere in New York. I don't know exactly where it was at. But it's one that I've seen around at different, you know, breweries, uh, I should say tap houses, uh, different bars, uh, different uh, beer distributors before industrial arts make some good stuff. I'm pretty sure I've had something from them before. Have to go back and look. Give that one a 450 as well. Knock it down to 400. And I hope everybody had a great, great, great holiday season. A, A Merry Christmas. Uh, Hanukkah, New Year, Thanksgiving, uh, Kwanzaa. I always say, and, and my family always, it was on a commercial one time, Happy Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. But uh, when you're listening to this, you may be on your way to Pirates Fest. Myself, uh, the three kiddos, my neighbor Joe, who gifted me you know, the delicious Mad Elf, um, and he, his two kids will be down there. We'll be getting down there a little bit later, hoping to get down there between like 1 and 1.30, you know, right when the snow is supposed to arrive. 
But um, if I don't see you guys down there to say hello, we'll be back next week with another episode of Minor League News and Brews. We'll be working out you know, kind of what I'm going to be talking about at that point in time because those signings won't have been made yet. But we'll definitely have something for you guys next week.